Welcome to Tech Talk. Bye. CDT. Welcome to CDT's Tech Talk, where we dish on tech and internet policy while also explaining what these policies mean to our daily lives. I'm Brian Wazolowski, and it's time to talk tech. It's Zuckerberg week! This week, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg will be testifying before both the House and Senate about how the data of Facebook's users was used by Cambridge Analytica to target swing voters. And the questioning will undoubtedly go beyond just this issue, especially with the recent admission by Facebook that all of its users likely had their information scraped from the site. To preview the hearings and the broader issues around Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, we have our privacy powerhouses here, President and CEO Nula O'Connor and our Director of Privacy and Data, Michelle Demoy. Welcome! Hi, Brian. Thank Hi. you. For Do you like that? Us. Privacy powerhouses? That's pretty I awesome, like right? Yeah. I think it's good. Dynamic Should... duo. That's better. another way That's to much better. Dynamic duo. I love it. Um, <laughs> do we get capes or like Ooh. tiaras or something? Yes. I mean, Let's you run this totally place, you can get whatever you want. That's right. That's exactly. <laughs> Let's make that happen. I think we will today, in fact. <laughs> well, all right. Let's get to this here. So top level overview. Cambridge Analytica story. Why is this such a big deal? To me, the big reveal, this is NULA, just to differentiate. Um, to, to me, the big issue is that people didn't realize trivial data about themselves, not necessarily their credit card number or their health status, serious data that we already think should be protected, but things like, what kind of dog breed do you have? Or what's your favorite color when you're taking these quizzes on Facebook are suddenly being taken, amalgamated, lumped together and used to make decisions about you in the real world. Decisions that have real world consequences like what kind of political advertising you see online and what kind of information you receive. To me that's a level above what we thought was happening when you go to shop for a red sweater and suddenly you get ads for red sweaters on every Mm -hmm. website you get to. The consequences of information decision making based on trivial data I think are much greater than we all had assumed. What do you think, Michelle? I agree. And I think one way that I would put that, too, is there's a direct line between privacy and democracy that we don't always get. Um, I think it really was clear to people why this is a fundamental freedom and principle worth protecting. Um, I think your your question about why this is such a big deal, I think, in part, it's it's on the heels of lots of little problems. Lots of things have happened. Related to you know Equifax, so data breach, um, you know Grinder from Grinder to Strava to a million other issues where people are starting to realize how invasive some of these practices can be. And I think one of the best parts of this, at least from my perspective, is the call for um, a renewed look at U.S. privacy law. So one of the things, and this is not a, a question I asked in advance, was uh, I recently was talking to a group of students, and they asked me which is worse, this Facebook situation or the Equifax breach? And I'm like, huh, that's a really tough question. Do you, do either of you have an opinion on that? Well, I'll start, but I'm sure we both do. Yeah. And I, what a great question, first oh, of yes, all. They look I think great. that's ideal. And I think it shows the difference between what we think of as a classic breach and something that now 
every state in the union has a law about, which is data breach notification. You saw the last one, right? The la- the 50th state finally went into effect this week, wow. right? 15 or 16 years after, frankly, one of our founders, Deirdre Mulligan, really was instrumental in proposing the first California law. So it's taken us this long to get to comprehensive legislation on data breach, which is the technical loss of de- or misuse or intrusion in a security sense. And so it's important to note that the Facebook Cambridge Analytica situation is not a classic data breach mm-hmm. and therefore is also not covered by any of these right. laws, right? So here's what I would say to that. While the Equifax situation was a very serious one and, and, a, and a massive breach affecting with real world consequences like potential identity theft and misuse, we actually already have laws about that, against that, and to protect the victims and to ha- help them redress the wrongs. I actually think in some ways the Facebook situation, this most recent um, set of facts, is bigger in a sense not only numerically, right, because so many people in the United States and around the world use Facebook, but because we don't have the kind of legislative, regulatory, and kind of social response tools that we already have for the classic data breach. We don't have a good framework for considering the consequences. Michelle, I love that privacy and democracy. That's exactly right. We don't, because we don't have agency or the freedom to move around the internet without being surveilled, essentially, we don't have the full engagement of freedom of expression. But we're also seeing that there are consequences for ourselves and our understanding of our world and our understanding of the democracy and becoming an educated electorate. If we don't fully see everything that somebody on the other side of the aisle or somebody across the street from us is seeing, we don't have the same world understanding. The only thing I would add is, in speaking of transparency, there, there was a great deal of um, angst about Equifax, but nothing like there was there has been about Facebook. And I think in part it's because people really had no idea that Equifax had so much information about right. them. There's no direct relationship to consumers. In fact, the customers of Equifax are banks or financial institutions. So the idea that there's this direct line again from users to a platform that presents itself as a service for them when you know there's a lot going on in, uh, yeah. under the scene under the platform and around areas that users had no idea so that unexpected and indirect relationship um, of Equifax I think resonated differently than the one yeah. here with Facebook. that personal connection people have with Facebook that you know and especially considering it's friends I think one of the things that resonated most with me about this story was mm-hmm. people were sharing information about their friends as well unknowingly so it was kind of a, a breach of trust in that respect too. that's a huge breach of trust mm-hmm. I don't think we can underestimate that because the idea that you unknowingly expose your friends to some kind of risk, whether it's a privacy risk or even the risk of somehow becoming a tool in an influence campaign, mm. I think is really, really distasteful to a lot of people. And of course, the sort of partisan politics that have surrounded this election, I think, have also intensified the interest in this. Sure. So, all right, I said it was Zuckerberg week. Tuesday and Wednesday, Mark Zuckerberg will be testifying. That's twice. That's a lot for any one individual to uh, testify in one week. So he'll undoubtedly be uh, tired. <laughs> after the fact, and we're all going to be watching it here at CDT. What are you hoping that members of Congress ask him? What do you want answers to? Well, <laughs> well, Brian, <laughs> a lot. lot. <laughs> Where should I begin? Um, I think the key questions include uh, what Facebook considers to be um, its user privacy rights. So thinking about not their privacy settings as much as what do you think your user privacy is worth, 
not to your customers, but to your users? And what type of expectations should they truly have when they come onto your platform? Not as, as dictated by your terms and conditions or your privacy settings, but when push comes to shove, right? These decisions or this incident makes it look like they value their user privacy pretty low on the totem pole. When you have data sharing agreements that have no enforcement, mm -hmm. have no way of, of having accountability related to them, that is a signal that it's not something that is valued. So I think those questions would be important. I think also getting into the business model of Facebook to understand how user data is actually monetized. Not just because I think that's an important question in terms of a regulatory framework, but also for users to hear um, to get some transparency that they have not had. You know, what what are the most desirable traits for a user? What is the most valuable um, characteristics of users for, from a customer standpoint? And of course, Facebook's customers are advertisers. What about you, Nula? So I'm reminded of an article. I think it was Tim O'Reilly wrote a couple of years ago that said, "Whose black box do you trust?" Right. And we, we are now engaging in an online world where. So many decisions are made about us in infinitesimal time, right? You know, the algorithms on various platforms are changing in fractions of a second, and they are affecting not only the ads we're seeing, but the content we're seeing. Um, I'm not necessarily asking to know, again, I've said this before, the, all the ones and zeros, or even every instantaneous change in the algorithm, but I do want to know the values. I think what you're getting to is factors and values in the decisions that companies are making about me in the digital world and how they are affecting what I'm seeing as opposed to what my next door neighbor is seeing. Um, and I think, yeah, some incident response kind of protocols about how, when do they know and what it, you know, how do they know it, that's important as well. Yes. I do hope, again, I take no kind of schadenfreude or no joy in the, in, in the, the pain or misfortune of, of any individual CEO or company, but I, I do want to see some good come out of this really, I think, inflection point in the conversation around our relationship with our own data and our relationship with companies that process data. And so I really hope we, we go to a kind of a higher level, higher first the, the details of what happened, but then the higher level conversation about what's fair, mm -hmm. what's a fair deal in the digital world between a company and an individual when trafficking with data. Um, and I think you're right, it goes to issues of transparency and accountability and, and, and user understanding, and ultimately, I hope, greater individual control over their online experience and their data. That's not to say that companies can't make a reasonable living in the digital world, but mm -hmm. there's got to be a lot more accountability to the end user. Michelle? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I also think um, the question around ad transparency, I think, is important. And it's certainly of interest to the, the area of privacy connecting to democracy. Um, what types of, you know, I know Facebook has announced some ads transparency yep. measures. But I think the key to some of those is, yes, it's good to make those public and to make it more clear who's advertising what. But there's some question still about targeting that's a part of that. And I think Nula was getting to some of that. How are you targeting users and f who is targeting users? In other words, maybe not just fast forward, but in the past, what, what has gone on on the site? You know, give yeah. us more information about what occurred, who was buying up political ads, how they were used um, to influence and target people. Those kinds of questions, I think they really have yet to answer in depth. So less privacy, although still important, but I think the election integrity questions are really important also. Sure. Do you think, I mean, the Honest Ads Act plays a role in this? It seemed as though on, uh, I guess it was 60 Minutes and then a follow-up that uh, Zuckerberg himself 
almost endorsed it. Mm-hmm. I know that Senator Klobuchar certainly jumped on that and took it as an endorsement. Do you think that that's a, posi- a potential solution or part of the solution? I think it's it's a start, yeah, yeah. and I think it, it's a positive start. And you know, Senator Klobuchar is is a great champion for privacy and for election integrity. So I I think she has really thought it through, and so I think it would it would make a step forward. Um, I would just add that a lot of the changes they've made relate to election integrity or ad transparency, um, and a little bit about uh, data brokers, but really nothing about privacy has changed. You know, they've they've changed some of their privacy settings, mm. they've centralized their privacy settings, and all of that is great, but the actual nuts and bolts of the control that users have and the actual transparency that users have about the, the layers of data brokers, <clears throat> none of that has really changed. So my hope is that there will be a way for the Congress to introduce legislation that will change that. Well, let's get to that then. So regardless of, of what happens this week and, and what uh, Mark Zuckerberg says, what do you think Congress should be doing? What acts, actions should be coming? An omnibus federal privacy law <laughs> in my insane. lifetime. Right? <laughs> saying, Sounds familiar. Did you together. say that at Tech Prom? I think What's I've that? said this a few times before. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to will it into being my sheer force of, of desire. Um, this is something, listen, many, many good and responsible companies and advocacy organizations and academics have been saying for many, many years. I was in the earlier coalition that was led, in fact, I think at some point by Microsoft and and uh, GE was in it when I was there and and other great tech companies. Um, But this is not just about tech companies. I mean, I think what what I'm really saying is that this is about the trafficking in personal data and personal attributes um, as part of the economic lifeblood of certainly the internet, but every company has data, whether you're online or offline, many companies pretty much everyone is an internet company in some ways, whether you're just paying your employees or whatever. And there should be constructs of data stewardship and what Jack Balkan at Yale calls data fiduciaries, that there is some inherent corporate, civic, or social responsibility to the collection, use, and dissemination of personal information about your customers, your vendors, your suppliers, your partners, or whatever relationship you have with the human being, and that there is some dignity, inherent dignity in the individual, and that is attendant to their data as well as to their body. And so um, I think this it's a lofty goal, and this may be one that we're talking, hopefully I'm living a long time because in my lifetime is, you know, gives us a little more runway. But but in the short term, Marcel's right. Th- there are issues around data brokers. There are issues around election ads. There are le- issues of transparency and accountability and redress and data deletion. All of these mm-hmm. are good steps. I think the ultimate end, end goal shouldn't also skew our vision that there is good work to be done today, tomorrow, next week, mm-hmm. um, with the goal in mind that ultimately individuals humans have more agency and control over their digital self. Yeah. Yep. And I think at the risk of sounding slightly cynical, sometimes these hearings can be a way for Congress to sort of yell at um, CEOs. <laughs> sure. And, and, and there's some some value to that, I, I suppose, um, to the for public. Good campaign ads. <laughs> and for the public to learn things that maybe they didn't. Sure. Um, but really, from my perspective and related to what Nula just articulated, I'm laser focused on getting protections for people. You know, it's not necessarily about holding companies accountable in this, you know, we're going to slap you um, with some fines and some other ways. It's really about long-term change that we've needed for quite a while. And I think that it's if we can propose and sustain legislation that is reasonable and logical and really puts the, the person first, I think we can do that. Yeah. And it seems like it's something that should not be 
partisan. So I agree, and I think there is some some. I think some partisans are coming around, <laughs> shall we say? I think it's clear that um, there everybody has sort of skin in this game. Every a lot of people are on Facebook, sure. but also just we all use the digital ecosystem, and our personal data is out there. So I think to the extent that we can message that this isn't a partisan issue, that this is something that affects the fundamental rights of Americans, then I think we will succeed in getting lots of lots of stakeholders on board. Great. Uh, one other question now, a lot of times people will pivot this to what should I do? Um, mm-hmm. You know, the individual users you were just talking about. And one of the things, you know, certainly had a hashtag campaign out there, deleting Facebook. Would you advise deleting Facebook? Is that a viable option? What should people actually be doing? I think that, and I said this in a recent article, I think it's really personal. I I really, in the same way that I'm not trying to dictate exactly what every platform, product, and service should do uh, legally, I don't think we should dictate all of the choices available to people. That a choice to delete is a choice that you should have. So that's that's as far as we would go. But I do think um, deciding whether or not to do it it, is tricky. A lot of you know, as the company has said, this is about connecting all of your friends and family, and so to the extent that that's the only way that you can talk to your relatives in another country or show them your kids' pictures, that's a really important connection to keep. So I think it's tiers of what you're comfortable with. And although their privacy settings aren't perfect, they are a tool that you can use to protect some information. So usually what I would say to somebody is, if if you want to delete, I think you should go for it. Um, But also there are other options before deletion that you might consider. Very helpful. Can I even add to that? I totally agree. Um, I wouldn't. I, I want solutions that people have real choices whether they and, and when they delete. That delete really means delete. That the right. data is really yeah. gone away. It's yes. really de-identified. It does not exist anymore. There's no account. But even more, I've seen a great thread of conversation among technologists, ironically on Twitter, um, about the privilege that that argument shows. It is mm-hmm. really not that easy for someone who has a small business on Facebook or, as you point out, has relatives in, in another country and mm-hmm. it's the most cost-effective way for them to communicate. Right. It's a it's an oh, it, it's a little bit of a simplistic knee-jerk reaction to say, oh, just delete it. Right. That's easier maybe for you than for me. And so I think that's not always the answer. And I'm also a very much a change from within kind of person. So I'd rather stand and fight, you know, even with my <laughs> be loyal opposition. I'm, a, as everyone knows, a huge Facebook user, uh, both a critic and a, and a, and a, and, a, and a user at the same time. So I think I think it is a, a somewhat simplistic answer to that. Does, it's not a one size fits all solution. Right. Yeah. Would that there be lots of different platforms that that reflect different kind of norms and and ways of talking to each other and ways of including or de-identifying data. Yeah, I think that makes a really good point. Just one final point that there need to be competitors in this space. So to the extent that this raises those people or gives them some some sense that they can enter into a, a space that's really dominated by Facebook, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Facebook may not agree, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good thing. Competition is a good thing. Competition is right? a good thing. Of course, free market. But most right? of all, transparency about what the deal is and that people will make choices, different choices, based on how much data they're required to give and mm-hmm. what kind of protections they are promised and that those protections have to be clearly stated at the beginning of any relationship. Yeah. Well, unquestionably, this is a story that's going to continue to make headlines, and certainly people are a little bit more aware now. And so uh, hopefully all you're setting out for, those very ambitious Mm -hmm. goals, are reached. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining me, uh, my privacy dynamic duo here. uh, And we'll have you on again, no doubt, very, very soon. Thank you, Michelle and Nula. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Nula. 
That's it for this episode of Tech Talk. If you're going to be watching the Mark Zuckerberg hearings on television, likely C-SPAN, and want to follow along with CDT, our own Joe Jerome is going to be live tweeting. His hashtag is, or his handle is, at Joe Jerome. And then you can also follow at Sendem Tech, and we'll be retweeting him. Thanks so much for listening.